Hey, what is up, motherfuckers? This is Sarah the Antagonist, and you're listening to the Sarah Speaks Podcast. So I want to start off this episode by giving a shout-out to a newly found podcast that I just found. It's the Universe Anime, with uh, hosted by Golden. It's a pretty good uh, podcast that I just found. It's got a couple good segments. I really enjoy the What Is segment, where he breaks down exactly what a specific anime or like kind of goes into detail about a specific anime for people that maybe have never watched it before so once again check out universe anime hosted by golden all right now let's get to the actual episode now i know i have ads on my uh on my episodes, I just wanted to address something real quick. I have ads on my episode, and it might be annoying to watch that little one minute or listen to that one minute ad that I put on there. It's simply just to kind of show you guys that, hey, I'm trying to take this a little bit more seriously and post a little more frequently. If you've noticed before, I have not been very frequent in my posts. I post once every few weeks, and I'm trying to at least bare minimum do once a week from now on. I've been able to do a little bit more, quite a bit more, because I am on vacation right now, but the ads are to show, hey, I'm actually trying to keep track and maybe put out better content, but I'm trying to keep track of the content I'm putting out, the, the amount of revenue that I'm making, and it's a way for me to kind of track what gets watched and what doesn't, what's making money and what isn't. So it might be a little annoying, but hey, bear with me, you guys. I appreciate you guys listening to all that stuff. Now into the episode. So I'm up to chapter 50-something, 54, 55, and I need to catch up. If you can hear that GPS, I really apologize. (laughs) I'm using my headphones, so I hope that you don't hear it, but I am. If you do, I'm sorry. Anyways, now I need to catch up. I, I, just recently, I got up to chapter 31. Now, for me to sit here and break down every little thing that happens, ugh, I'm too far ahead for that. Sorry, guys. I'm too far ahead for it. Now, what I'm going to do is just kind of give an overview of the most important stuff that I've that, that's happened and maybe not go into all the little details, all the little comedy moments, all that stuff. So let's get down and dirty. So the last thing that happened... From chapter 31, Zenku and Chrome have their gas masks and they're going to collect that sulfuric acid, right? I'm not going to remember all the little minuscule details and everything I'm telling you guys, so just be prepared for that now. And if I haven't been saying this before, spoiler warning, obviously, if you haven't gotten that already, I'm sorry. I am going to spoil what happens to you. It's a review of what happened. I can't review it without telling you what happens. So what I try to do is I try to tell you what happened in the episode and then at the very end of the episode of all in the, in the chapter, right? I think I said episode. I try to review what happened in the chapter, in the chapters. And at the very end of the episode, I'll tell you what I thought about it, if it's doing good, doing bad, whatever. So far, I will have nothing but good things to say. One of these episodes, I will address maybe some negatives I'm just I'm, I'm enjoying the, the the manga too much to add a negative right now, but um, I'm gonna try to be a little less biased 
because I do like this manga. And I'll, I'll start pointing out maybe some flaws that I'm noticing because I have noticed a few flaws here and there. Now, if these flaws are going to get corrected later, then, you know, that's one thing. But as of right now, yes, there are flaws and little loopholes and things that I've noticed that are most likely going to get you know, rectified later on, but whatever. Now, what happened is they're going out to get the sulfuric acid. I don't remember what container they use because that's for this manga, it's actually important to know if it's a glass container. I'm pretty sure it's glass. It has to be from what I remember. It has to be glass because nothing else would be able to, would not dissolve in the sulfuric acid and obviously the beakers that he uses to cook it are made of glass so whatever it has to be glass i'm, I'm going to take a wild assumption and say it's glass i'm not going to go back into that chapter and check right now because most of these podcasts are done while i'm driving anyways so what happens when they get there is i believe i believe one of them trips now i apologize that it's not really detailed I don't remember if it's Chrome or Senku. I want to say it's Senku that trips and that Chrome saves him. Oh no, this is what happens. Cool, I remember. Senku, his little hose starts to deteriorate. I don't remember why. I think he got too close to the acid and it started getting on his little breathing hose. And it's, his main breathing hose started to deteriorate and Chrome, uh, Senku's and Chrome saved him by pulling him out. So he's like, look, it's a good thing I came because if I didn't, you would have died because your hose started to kind of crust away or whatever. So then Chrome goes in to get the sulfuric acid. He starts to fall. He's falling into the sulfuric acid. He can't stop himself. And who comes out of nowhere to save him? Boom, a black spear reaches out. Chrome grabs onto it and it's fucking Ginro or however the fuck you say his name. And he saves him. Now, what the hell is Ginro doing there? Let's flashback a little bit. Ginro, I remember that he, he, uh, I don't remember if somebody told him he was a coward, or like he, he was brave, or if he was just talking to himself. Somebody might have been speaking to him. So, oh, you know, you're really brave, and this, this, and that, and you, know, you can prove yourself. Basically, he's going there to prove that he's not a coward, because Ginro's a coward. He really is. <laughs> There's a, a, I think whenever they were first going to that sulfuric acid place, he had his little spear out in front of him because they turned. Uh, Senku gave him a silver spear because it's it uh, it reacts to the sulfuric gas and turns black. That way they know if there's gas around and they can, you know, not walk in that area. They're walking and all of a sudden they realize that Genro's behind everybody with his spear and like, what the hell? You're supposed to be the lead man. You get in the front and he's like like cautiously pointing his little spear. So like, Genro's a coward and this is basically his way of redeeming himself. Like. By getting a, I think he's pretty, pretty sure he was talking to the little craftsman, the little buff old dude, because he made him a gas mask. His like, little old dude was like, "Oh look, looky here! I made an extra gas mask. Oh, I wonder what I'm gonna do with this." Obviously, he did it on purpose. He gave it to Genru. Now, Genru put threw his little spear down. Chrome grabbed it. They collected the sulfuric acid. They pulled him out. All is good. Then Senku does his stuff, does his science shit. Now, I don't remember everything that they collect. They collect all these materials that, that are required, and they put it all together in order to make the cure-all pill, right? <coughs> Sorry. So they make the cure-all. Right when the cure-all is ready is the day of the tournament. Now, they have to plan how this tournament is going to go because they, if Magma wins, he wants 
Ruri to die. He wants Ruri to die so that he has nobody to contest him. He is the 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 the, the village chief, and that's it. So he wants Ruri to die. So if Magma wins, he won't allow them to give her the cure-all. So that being said, somebody from the nation of science or the science kingdom has to win. Now, who can win? The only person that might have a chance to take out Magma is, you guessed it, the fucking Guardian, dude. Yes, anticlimactic. It would have been more climactic if I would have said his name, right? But I don't remember the motherfucker's name. It starts with a K. I don't think it's Genru and Kenru, but it starts with a K. No, I'm I'm slowly memorizing all the names. Slowly, it's a lot of characters to remember. Bear with me, folks. Now, the Guardian with the Golden Spear, the Golden Lance. He's the only one that's actually skilled enough. And if you remember from the last episode, I told you that he needs glasses, right? He needs his eyes are fucked up, so he could actually be much more powerful if he had them. Now, that's their plan. He's going to be the one <clears throat> to defeat Magma. Once he defeats Magma, they all allow, like, Chrome's going to enter the contest. And since Chrome's in love with uh, Ruri and she likes him, they're going to allow Chrome to win so that he can so that he can be the, the fucking winner, right? And he can marry her, be the village uh, chief and all that stuff, right? Now... All they need is for Magma and what's-his-name to go last, to fight each other last. Because their plan is everyone from the village, from, or from the kingdom of science, is going to join. Everyone is. They're going to join the, the tournament, the, the games, and do whatever they can to weaken <clears throat> Magma. That way when Kenro, I believe his name is, Kenro... That way, when he joins, or when he has to fight Magma, he's already weak and he can overpower him. Chrome is actually training, and he does a pretty decent job. Like I'll do this, this flurry of attacks. <clears throat> is it Chrome or Genru? Pretty sure it was Chrome. But he's training to do this like flurry of attacks, and he's. And it was pretty funny when he mentioned this actually, because he was like, "Oh yeah, I'm training to to attack uh, Magma's dick." Like I was like, "Oh, I'm training to, to hit my target." Oh, what's your target? Oh, his penis. <laughs> It was actually pretty funny. Like, he's training to strike him in the dick as many times as possible. That's how he's planning on winning. If Chrome, if it comes down to weak enough. He doesn't believe he's going to win, but he feels like that's the way he's going to get the best results. <laughs> but uh, I thought it was pretty funny. So back to the debate. Back to the, the good stuff. Now, the very first matchup, drum roll, it is Magma and Kinro. So their whole plan went to shit. The very first match is him and Magma. So they start fighting, and they're doing—he's doing actually a pretty good job of holding off Magma. And Magma's like gets like like this uh, like a serious look on his face. He kind of backs off a little bit, and everyone's like, "Wow, I've never seen Magma have to like be this serious in a fight." So what he ends up doing is he backs off. And Kenru does like a, a, a thrust at him, but he's way off target. And that's when Magma realizes this motherfucker can't see right. So he's like, what the hell is that? Like, you're nowhere near me. And then Magma just starts bull rushing him and then takes, like, he starts beating the living hell out of him. And he's about to lose. Or Magma's about to win, right? 
Now, I don't remember who does it. I, I definitely have to get back into the, uh, the manga and double check. But somebody from the Kingdom of Science, it might have been Ginru. It's probably Ginru because he's the only one that knew that what his name's eyes were jacked up. So Ginru, most likely, grabs the little girl's melon head, right? The little melon that she wears to hide her squinty face. And that she has the little lenses in as glasses. Because if I didn't say it before, Senku, instead of giving her glasses, he let her keep her little melon, but he put lenses where the eye sockets went. So that's the glasses, right? He grabbed the melon and launches it into the battlefield. What's his name? Grabs it and puts it on. And then he's like, oh crap, like this is what being able to see is. And then it's not a, they even state, it's not, the glasses aren't a perfect match for him, but it's better than nothing, right? So they give him the little lens and then he starts beating the shit out of magma and he drops him to the ground and then he even tells him, oh, you know, I was, I was always uh, stronger than you. I just didn't have the ability to see you good enough. He basically tells him, bitch, I've always been stronger than you. I've, I've surpassed you long ago. I just have this problem with my eyes. That's the only reason you're even a little better than me. And he, he, so that's pretty neat. And then they even say that would have sounded so much cooler if you weren't wearing that ridiculous melon head. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty dope. Like it, it turned like a really serious moment and kind of dropped it down a little bit, which it's a it's a good and a, it's a positive and a negative. It diminishes the epicness of what he said, but at the same time, it's it's funny. So it it kind of doing it during a serious moment makes it a little more funny, right? <clears throat> Now, I think after that, he stands over him and he's like, you know what, hey, I'm sorry. Actually, before all this, Magma was beating him so bad, he was like, hey, surrender now and kiss my feet and I'll make you one of my right-hand men because you're a good warrior kind of thing. So that's how fucking much of a dick Magma is. But anyways, so before that moment, or right after that moment, Uh, Kin Kinru. I'm, I'm gonna call him that for now. I'm probably wrong, so don't 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 at me. <laughs> I'm probably wrong. It's probably not even Kinru, but that's what I'm gonna call him from now until I memorize his name. So Kinru, he basically is talking to Magma. Magma tells him, "Hey, you beat me fair and square. This, this, and that. Uh, I'll admit defeat." But, you know, that was an outside interference and this, this, and that. About the little helmet he's wearing. And then he's like, you know what, you're right. Because Kinro's a very honorable person. He's like, you're right, this is an outside interference. Uh, I'm going to ask the whoever's in charge of the freaking the tournament, the, the games. And he and, and Kinro himself disqualifies himself. He's like, hey, I'm wearing this melon. Is this considered outside interference? If so, I forfeit the match, blah, blah, blah. The other guy's like, you know what? It's just an article of clothing. It's not something you're using as a weapon. So no, it's not. So in that moment, he's like, okay, cool. Then I'm good. Magma gets up, busts him upside the head, and destroys the little melon. Uh, a couple other attacks might have happened. But in the end, Kenru dies. Not dies. <laughs> My fucking bad. That was definitely way off. He doesn't die. He loses. 
that would have been pretty fucked up if I would just left it. Like, Kenru dies. End of the episode. But anyways, Kenru loses. <clears throat> and uh, <laughs> he loses. And that's it. Next comes up the next fighter against whoever. Next is up, I believe it was Chrome. Ah, and big thing that I kind of missed. Kohaku is the one that originally defeated Magma, right? So, worst case scenario, she goes up against Magma, defeats him, and whatever. But the way they got rid of her is Magma had some dude, one of his little henchmen, tie up that little melon girl. Damn, that was actually a big, important part. So, fat, let me, let me go back. The little melon girl gets tied up, and they tell Kohaku that she, he's like, oh, she fell into the, into the river, and she's drowning, and they didn't believe her. Senku and the uh, other... Senku and Chrome, they like, okay, you're 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 a liar. We don't believe you. It's like, it's like you're gonna, it's gonna take a lot more of that than that to pull uh, pull one on the the Science Kingdom or whatever. So they don't believe him. But Kohaku's like, hey, he's probably lying. But if there's any slight chance he isn't lying, I have, to, I can't risk it. I have to go try to save her. And like, because he even says you're the only one fast enough to get all the way there before she drowns. And they all agree. And then they tell her not to go, but she's like, hey, I gotta go. So she takes off. Now she's the third match. If she's not back in time, she's disqualified. Now this is the person that was the only one that's really able to defeat Magma, like their trump card more or less, and that's taken out. She runs over to save uh, Sukia, Sukia, whatever her name is. He runs over to save her, and then it goes to another scene where Suki is tied up to a tree. She's not drowning, but she is tied up to a tree. And she can't get out, she can't get out, and then she figures out, oh, I can pop my body into my melon head, and I'll be good. So, even though in real life this wouldn't work, obviously, she pops her little body into the melon and then rolls away. Oh, I gotta tell everyone I'm okay. That's how she arrives. She's the one that throws the fucking melon head. I think she rolls into the arena, she sees the match, and she pulls off her own melon head. No, no, she doesn't pull it. Somebody throws it. She, but either way, the, the main point that I was trying to try, I was trying to say is that she makes it to the arena. She wasn't always there. It's important to note that she frees herself and gets to the arena during the magma and Kenru fight. And then whether whoever threw it doesn't really matter. Somebody grabs the melon off her head and throws it at him. That's why it was kind of important because she wasn't initially there. She was trapped. So I was, everyone I, like, was kind of wondering, oh, he does need glasses. They've mentioned this. They foreshadowed something about him having glasses. But the melon girl's not there, so what's going to happen? So that's what happened. <clears throat> now, fast forward all this stuff. There's a couple other matches. Um, who is it? Chrome and Ginro fight. And, he's, and then Ginro goes up to Ruri, and he's like, oh, don't worry. We're going to allow everyone. Once the, uh, the kingdom of... God, this actually might be... In, yeah, okay, so before this, Chrome and Magma fight, right? And then they have this epic battle where Chrome is, I think he gets a couple licks in, but ultimately he's getting his ass beat. Now, something happens to where Chrome uses his little lance, his little spear, and picks up the broken melon head, and it has one lens in it, and he's just holding it there, and he's reaching it out. And then... Uh, the dude from the other, the, the guy that's, um, I don't remember his name off the top right now, I'll have to memorize it, but 
but uh, he is the trickster, the mentalist, the guy that manipulates people. He's a part of Sukas' team, technically. He arrives, and then Senku realizes what Chrome is doing. He's kind of holding out the spear, right? He's actually trying to catch light into the lens in order to burn uh, magma. But because it's a, a lens from a glass, it's like already kind of shaved in a certain way from what I understood. I'm not a scientist, so if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But he's trying to shave it a certain, like it was shaved a certain way so it cannot create a flame. So Chrome, since he is technically a little scientist, he, I guess he knew this, so he actually allowed his sweat and tears to collect on the lens so it kind of levels out the, the lens and makes it actually able to create that little flame that a magnifying glass would create, right? But he has to be extremely still. Senk, uh, that other mentalist dude asked, like mentions his plan. No, no, uh, Senku mentions his plan. The mentalist says, well, how much time does he need to create that flame? He's like, and he does all these calculations and he's like, he needs at least a minute. He needs at least 60 seconds. <clears throat> so the mentalist jumps up and gets Magma's attention. <clears throat> and he basically tells him, Hey, Magma, do you remember me? I'm the guy you tried to kill, but look, look here. I'm not, I'm not dead. Blah, blah, blah. This, this, and that. And Magma's already shocked. Oh, shit. How did you not die? He's like, I'm a sorcerer. This and that. And I've, I've had you from the beginning. I put a hex on you. And if you move, you will explode. He's like, and then Magma's all terrified. He's like, oh, that's outside interference. And then Senku's like, well, it is outside interference if you explode. If you don't explode and he's lying, then it's just, you know, uh, what's it called? Jeers and like, uh, what's, what's the word? Taunting from the from the audience. <clears throat> so he's like, you can go ahead and move and see if he's lying. Maybe like you'll find out if he's lying or not. So that actually works and keeps, keeps Chrome or uh, Magma still. Then the mentalist, and then uh, Chrome actually gets what they're doing, and he's like, he's like, I'm frozen. He's like, I, I can't move. My body's locked up on me. I'm stuck in this position, and he's like holding his spear out with the melon on the other end. So Magma's like, ha ha ha, you know, I, I you're 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 stuck there. All I have to do is wait for this hex to run out, and then uh, uh, the dude that's on Sukas's team is like, oh man, it's like, hurry up, Chrome. I can't hold this much longer. I can only hold it for 60 seconds. So everyone's kind of playing their part, right? So I can only hold this this, this spell for 60 seconds before he's free. <clears throat> and But in order for it to actually do it, Senku said 60 seconds under the best conditions possible. Now, if the lens is moving, which is all the little, all the water, all the sweat and tears that's on the lens is moving. It can't create that little beam of heat. <clears throat> so he ends up telling, like, has to, like, focus and calm down. Like, hey, I need to, like, relax and calm my movements because I'm shaking too much and I can't create that little heat beam, whatever. So he actually starts to calm down. <clears throat> Magma's happy. He's just waiting for the 60 seconds. And all of a sudden, boom, Magma bursts into flames. He... He's able to light light like one of his, uh, his articles of clothing on fire, and then they 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 mention how why he completely engulfs in flame. <clears throat> he 
he gets completely engulfed in flames. Something about like how his clothes is covered in lint or like little dust particles or some shit, and it catches the whole thing on fire. Apparently, it's a real thing because they use scientific terms. I'm gonna trust them. I'm gonna trust they did their homework. This is real because I'm pretty sure most of the people that are watching this have, or uh, not watching this, that are reading this manga, don't have the slightest idea about a lot of this scientific shit, right? <clears throat> so he bursts into flames, and then I think Chrome gets up and he does his little flurry of attacks. And he pushes him back, and I think he, like, hits him in the dick and knocks him off the mountain. Some shit like that, right? Magma lands in the water, obviously, because it has to have a way for them to put him out. So he lands in the water, and Chrome wins. So from then, they're like, hey, everyone from the Kingdom of Science has won. Yay! Like, our plan worked. Now it doesn't matter who wins. Somebody from the Kingdom of Science won, and we can give her the medicine. <coughs> So next match is Senku and Ginru, I think. I think it's Senku and Ginru. That might have been one before. Either way. No, Senku's supposed to go against Kohaku. Kohaku gets disqualified because she is not back in time. She gets her back right after that. Like, the match starts. So Kohaku's out. Senku automatically progresses. So the next match is Chrome and Ginru, I believe. Right? So then he goes up to Ruri and Genru's like hey don't worry everyone from the kingdom of, of, of science is gonna allow I'm gonna drop the match I'm, everyone's gonna allow uh, Chrome to, to win so that you can be together and she has this little moment where she kind <clears> of <throat> she has this she has this moment where she's like oh you know has this like little flashback to her and Chrome and kind of thing but then obviously she does what the, the priestess should she's like hey I, I don't care who wins um, I'm as long whoever wins I'll accept as, as, as the new chief and my husband and blah blah so Gin was like really you really don't care and then she's like well try to try to read between the lines <laughs> and then he's like has this little fantasy where he's this dude this old man with a huge beard and he's carrying this beautiful woman on his arm and he's like uh, chief Ginru and blah blah and then he's like oh man really and he gets into the fight and he starts like really trying to fight like, no, actually. Anyway, he really starts trying to fight. And I'm pretty sure it's against Chrome. And him and Chrome are fighting. And he's like going all out. And he's a better fighter than Chrome. Not as good as not as good as the other dude, Kenro or whatever. But he's a really good fighter. And he's fighting Chrome, and Chrome's like trying to hold him off. <clears throat> and while he's fighting, he's like, oh, you know, there's gonna be ramen for everyone and this is gonna happen and everyone's gonna have a woman and Kaku's like there's not even enough women in this village for you to make that promise and everyone's like unanimously agrees this like we cannot allow this idiot to become the chief and everyone starts cheering for Chrome and everyone he's like basically made himself the bad guy and <clears throat> not intentionally but he made himself the bad guy oh shit I'm driving and the road I gotta go down is closed due to high water fuck well, yeah, this water's really fucking high. I can't cross this. God dang it. <sighs> Forgive me for the interruption. But if you can see what I see, it's like this road is completely flooded out. And it's, it's basically where I'm going, which is a problem. Anyways, so <clears throat> they start fighting, and I don't remember exactly how he gets the best of them, but more or less, Chrome gets 
either distracts him or something happens and he gets like a really powerful dick shot and he wins somehow he wins i don't remember the details forgive me forgive me but he wins so uh And it's rerouting me, sorry guys. But anyways, uh Gen- Genru loses and then everyone's cheering, Chrome One, this and that. <clears throat> and the little girl, Sukiya, she's like, Oh my god, you know, Genru's such a good guy. He he pretended to be evil so that everyone would cheer for Chrome and this, this and that. And then it was like, that's not exactly what happened. He was actually being a little fucking creep. But Genru wins. Or my bad, Chrome wins. Genru loses. Next match, Senku versus Chrome. Senku doesn't care about women, doesn't care about power. He just wants to get his goal accomplished. So he's gonna lose. So he walks into the fight. Moments after their fight, or before their, uh, like after the fight starts, Chrome passes out. And they're like, well, Chrome passed out due to his exhaustion. The winner is Senku. And Senku's the new village chief. So he gets to marry Ruri and all this other stuff. And they're like, oh, you know, we're gonna have this huge party and you know this and that. He's like, no, I got I need the alcohol. Like, give me alcohol now. So oh that, that's I think that's what it was. I think they didn't they didn't finish the pill, but all they needed was alcohol to finish the pill, right? That's all the they needed. He's like, I need alcohol. So he's like, oh no, no, we have to party for like however many hours or whatever and and that's how he's like he's like if you're getting married we have to celebrate he's like whoa really cool then i'm the chief i want a divorce so he just divorces her right then and there and it doesn't really it doesn't really go into more detail but uh i'm assuming he legit divorced her and he's not actually married to her so i don't know how this is going to work so Senku's the village chief. He divorces Ruri, and he gets alcohol and vinegar and all this stuff, puts it in his little stuff, and he starts making the little pill. Gives her the pill, and he says, "All right, she'll be fine, more or less." Now, <clears throat> immediately after this, shit gets real. The traitor dude that's technically part of Sukasa's uh, army or whatever empire kingdom. One uses kingdom, one uses empire, I believe. So I think it's the science kingdom and Sukas's empire. I don't know. I might be wrong. But he says, oh, now that everything's over, all said and done, and all this, this, this stuff is, is done. <laughs> I repeat myself. But uh, he's like, I can tell you what I came to tell you. Sukas's men are coming. They're on their way. And they're like, oh, shit. So... While they're doing that, <clears throat> they don't have any time to fucking prepare. Now, I don't remember exactly how they ward them off this time. Uh, the leader shows up. It's like, what the fuck? It's telling me to fucking U-turn. God dang it. I'm, I'm lost, dudes. So, I apologize. I'm a little lost right now. I'm trying to fucking get to a certain location. They're sending me through a... I'm lost. That little brit, the little spot where the, where the water took over. I, I have to go that way, and I'm trying to find a way around it. 
I'm gonna use my GPS real quick to try to find a way around this. I, I cannot go through that little water spot, and it's really screwing me on this. Um, it's sending me this way. I'm sorry, guys. I'm checking my GPS. I think this way is safe. I think so. Nope, sending me all the way back. It's just circling me back around. No, I think this one's good. Okay, I think this way's good. All right. <clears throat> now, um, so, Suka said doesn't come. It is that one guy. Oh, dang, it's a new character. Basically, he uses, like, some sort of lance spear. He's a spearman, basically. And he uses his spear in a very cool way. But him, he's, like... He's the leader. <clears throat> He's the leader, and he brings a bunch of men, and they come to the bridge, and they're fighting off the pe the men, but they can't hold them off. I think the guardian dude is like hurt from the battle anyway, and he's trying to hold them off, and they 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 can't they can't beat him more or less. They're gonna lose. So the mentalist dude, they realize he's a traitor. Now, I might be mixing this up. Now, I apologize. There's two different times that they come and attack, right? One of the times they realize the mentalist is a traitor. I don't remember if it's the first time, which I'm going to explain to you right now, or if it's a different time. Either way, I apologize for the inaccuracy. Like I said, I'm farther ahead. This how I read through this quickly because it's really interesting. Now... If I'm wrong, I'll correct myself later. I'll, after this episode, I'll go back and reread it just to know, and I'll correct myself later. But the mentalist, basically, I think he no, the, he didn't. He, he, ah, damn it, I can't remember. Fuck. Anyways, the mentalist basically gets across that he's uh, that he's. Sorry, this GPS is fucking on my mind. I apologize, guys. But... Oh, man, I gotta send you back to that water area. Give me one second, guys. I'm trying to check and see if it's going to turn onto that road. We'll find out. I'm going, I'm going. Sorry, guys. I apologize for this long pause. Anyway, so... Um, they fight them off... Because they're on the bridge. Now, I think the leader comes up... Knocks Kenru off... Halfway off the bridge. <clears throat> um, Senku grabs his last amount of... Of uh, gunpowder. He starts to light it. The mentalist is smart... Uh, this isn't the time where he where he gives he gives it away. Okay, so the mentalist is smart, and he's like, he tells the uh, magma, he's like, hey, get this rock and throw it over to the enemy as hard as you can. <clears throat> so he's like, no questions, just fucking do it. So magma grabs it, launches it over, right as Senku lights his uh, ex his his gunpowder, and it makes an explosion, and 
the mentalist grabs Senku's little tube that he has. I guess it's going to shoot something at it. I guess like a makeshift pistol, I, I'm assuming. Because he has like some sort of little tube. He grabs it, lifts it up in the air as if like trying to, to, to get rid of the... Uh, to, to try to like basically throw his rifle up. Like I said, it's, it's kind of like as if he had a rifle and you kind of grab the muzzle and pull and point it up to, to, to make a miss. He does that to Senku and he yells... Oh no! Back off, everybody! They have gun. Uh, these people have acquired uh, you know, rifles or some shit. They have gunpowder. They 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 have uh, they have guns. So it's like retreat. So they all retreat, right? <clears throat> and in this time frame, like I said, it's all blurred because I read it really quickly. My bad, guys. It was really interesting. So I was having a lot of fun with it. So I definitely need to go and double check, double read it, because I thought I knew this, this this scene a little better than I did. But because this little uh, invasion, if you if you will, happens twice, it's kind of a blur. It blurbs together, and I apologize. Now <clears throat> they basically retreat, and then Sukasa, no. I don't. I think they're gonna retreat. God damn it! I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to really make a rebuttal to this. I'm gonna have to reread that little scene and come back to it and and do that on the next episode because I I, I don't know as much as I thought I did. I read it and I can't piece it together chronologically good enough to tell you guys. So I apologize. I'm gonna skip that. I'm, I'm gonna skip it. I'm gonna put it to the side right now and go back to these other p- parts of the manga that I didn't tell you. Now the reason I didn't tell you is because they're flashbacks, and in the in the story they're very important flashbacks because <clears throat> um, it really ties together with the scene that is coming up. It'll show a flashback and then it'll go to a scene. Show a flashback and go to the next scene. Now, <clears throat> Ruri is is like a storyteller of sense. And she, when she meets Senku, she asks him his name and it's Ish- Ishigami, Ishigami or some shit like that. And she's like, he's like, is your name this? Or she asks him, what's your last name more or less? And it, obviously they, they, it's Japanese, so they don't use last name. They say, what's your, your family name, right? And he's like, well, how do you even know what a family name is? People here don't use family names. Like, what's your family name? And he's like Ishigami. And he's like, oh, this is Ishigami Village, and it's his last name. Now, yes, that's a big revelation. Oh, I didn't tell you guys the revelation sooner. I get it, but there's when you're reading it, the order they did it is excellent. Right now, for me to tell you, it doesn't really matter as much because I'm not giving you as much detail as the manga, obviously. So, Ishigami Village is. The name of the village, right? And that's Senku's last name. The reason this is a big deal is because the founder of the village is Senku's father. Boom. Big reveal. Senku's father is the founder of this village. It's pretty fucking crazy, right? Senku's 3,000 years old. Technically, 3,000 something years old. The founder of the village is Senku's father. How is that possible? Well, flashback. When the whole explosion happened, the whole moment that happened that uh, 
and it turned everyone to stone and it actually shows a very awesome image of the giant explosion and it's very well done it's extremely good detail in that panel where it shows the explosion that turned everyone to stone Senku's father is an astronaut and he was up in space when it happened so they were up in space they saw the explosion and then they tried to contact people and they got no contact and like fuck like, and, it, and obviously I'm not giving you the details because it, 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 uh, it kind of talks about how Senku is with his father how is it, it's not even blood related father I don't know it's weird it's not fully explained yet he's not blood related somehow but uh maybe a stepfather I don't know but it builds their character it's not just throws you into there it gives you the time to get to know these characters it builds their character and Senku's father is an astronaut and he has his crew with him and he convinces them all to basically to go down and like hey we gotta go down to earth he's like oh don't worry somebody will save us and it, just give it time somebody will find us up here you know whether it be a month or so and he's like no what you're wrong there's nobody down there we have to be the ones to save them so we have to go down there and he's like we'll go in a three-man group blah 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 now this one guy that's like kind of really strict and kind of like a very by the rules kind of dude he's like he he ends up telling Senku's dad is like you know what you have a son you have reason to live you stay and we'll let the loners go down to earth and do this little mission the suicide mission they agree they let them all go on their suicide mission that's what they call it I believe but he lets them go down to their little mission and they end up crash landing into the ocean and they they don't have any way to get back to shore because obviously in real life if they crash in the ocean there's going to be a rescue team to come get them there's no way to get back they only have eight hours worth of oxygen now senku's dad he's like we got to go after them he's like there's no way there's too many variables well there's no way we'll be able to save them in eight hours he's like just finding a boat alone or landing on an island alone is going to have a boat is, is, is going to be hard enough but Senku's dad doesn't give a fuck he's like no we gotta go he launches himself down there and the next panel is him rowing like drenched in sweat you could tell he's exhausted he's like sorry guys I, I'm a little late it took me like if it, let's say they had 8 or 9 hours of oxygen he's like oh sorry it took me 10 hours to get here guys and they survived but he saved them. He launched himself down, found a little little fisherman's boat, took it, and rowed his ass all the way to them. Either way, he made it. And then they got there, and then they started rebuilding, and they basically made their own little village. Now, the dude that was all by the rules ended up having a kid. I'm not sure who the kid is yet. I think it's going to go back and explain, because I feel like that's important. Because he was like, he it made a big deal about how... Oh, he was all by the rules and didn't care about this, this, and that. And he never saw himself with a family. Then all of a sudden, now he has a family kind of thing. He's like, he was thanking Senku's dad for that and all this stuff. I feel like his kid's going to be important. Whoever his kid is, I feel like his kid's going to be important. But <clears throat> the takeaway from all this 
is that everyone in the village is related in their ancestors to the people that were originally there, right? Meaning there's some of them are somewhat related to Senku. But he even tells them that's 3,000 years down the line. There's y'all, like it's even like, it's, basically there's no, I don't think this was the point of it. But basically if, if Senku was to breed or to mate or whatever he would call it, to have sex with one of the women there, it wouldn't even matter because they're so far down the line removed that it's not even the same genetics anymore. So Senku's basically safe. But that's not what he meant because obviously Senku's not all about that kind of stuff. He's not about women and sex and this and that. But he even, he just said, I don't know why he said it, but he, he mentioned it. Now, uh, maybe he was just trying to show them that he's not really related to them kind of thing. I don't know. And I, and me being a perv, took it at like the sexual way. Like, oh, there's no inbreeding. There's no such thing as inbreeding because they're so far removed. So that might've just been me. He may, I think he was trying to prove like, hey, y'all aren't really related to me because 3,000 years have gone by. Anyways, <laughs> but the takeaway from that, the cool part is that those stories about Momo, whatever, Momosuki or whatever the fuck that story was that, uh, that Senku was told and everything that was kind of over glorified and made like really crazy, that, that was, uh, those stories were told by Senku's father because Senku's father told uh, what he even said oh I have to I have to somehow pass back knowledge I have to pass down knowledge to them and this this and that right and then the knowledge he decided like what I'm going to tell a hundred stories but I have to choose stories that are going to talk about bravery and this and that and determination and so basically, he's very selective about the stories he's going to tell these people because he wants to send a good message. It's kind of like if you had a very limited amount of information to try to pass to these people, what do you think is going to be most important? What morals, what kind of whatever are you going to try to send to these people? And uh, <clears throat> that's what he was trying to do. And I think right after the tournament... I think Rui takes him to his father's grave and the grave site, I think it somehow has some sort of message. Now, if you really want to know all the details, obviously you guys, you're not listening to me and expecting to know the whole story of Dr. Stone, obviously. I'm just kind of giving you overview of what's happening. So his father sends Senku a message. Don't remember what it was. But I think it basically says that, oh, if anyone's going to basically rebuild this world, it's you. It's more or less, I think, what the message was. But if you really want to know the details, you're going to read it. If, if you're enjoying these episodes, that means you're, you're going to be a fan of this manga and you're going to read it yourself. So I'm not really too worried that that's wrong. If it is. Might not be. Might be. I don't know. Either way. <clears throat> so that's what happens. I believe there might have been another flashback scene to a not not the whole Senku's dad thing. Uh, it could have been something else. I don't a hundred percent recall, but uh, like I said, you can read it yourself if you if you're too worried about how are these two dogs on the road. If you're too worried about uh, 
like the details. Don't if you're if you're a stickler about accuracy and oh, actually, Pharaoh, this, this, and that, then I'm definitely not the podcaster for you to listen to. Because I'm not, I don't, I'm not going to script it. I could maybe in the future, I will read a chapter, write down some some main points, and then use that to make my episode. But I can't do that while I'm driving, guys. This is the best I can do while I'm driving. When I'm when I'm not driving, I have shit to do. I got a job. I've got a family. I got school. So bear with me. It's the best I can do. Doing the best with what I got. <sighs> Anyways, that's what happens, right? Fast forward. The next invasion. Oh, I'm not. I think I said I was gonna not talk about this stuff. You know what? Fuck it. Even more vague. Like I said, if you're if you're listening to this, you're gonna read it yourself. Either that, if you're not listening, if you're listening to this and you're not enjoying it, then you're not gonna read the manga anyway. So <clears throat> you don't care. Now, basically, less detail time, right? More vagueness coming your way. So they repel the invasion of the motherfuckers, right? Of Sukasa's kingdom, empire, whatever. They repel them away. What happens next? They come back and decide for like a, a full-on attack. Like, hey, they're weak now. We need to attack them while they're weak. And they know this is going to happen. So Senku basically decides, I need to create something now. Like something that can save us. And they don't show you what it is until the last second when the motherfuckers appear. What does Senku choose to fucking create to fight these motherfuckers off? Katanas. Motherfucking katanas. He shows the craftsmen how to make them. And it kind of goes into detail about how katanas are constructed. And how the importance of the softness on one side of the blade. And the sharpness of the other. So these motherfuckers have katanas. And it's crazy because it shows a scene with like a, a, a panel. Not see scene, but a panel. With all these motherfuckers holding katanas. But they're wearing like Shinigami look robes. Like samurai kite shit, right? They're wearing like samurai robes and all this stuff. But it specifically says this is how their enemy sees them. Because remember, these guys aren't new. All the people in in Tsukasa's army, their, his, his kingdom, are have been revived with the po- with the little potion, the the magical water. So these people know what all this stuff is. They just don't have it themselves. They're like, oh shit, katanas? Like what the fuck? So these guys are terrified, and with one slash. He dis- they destroy their little wooden clubs and their fucking wood with little rocks on them and shit. And destroys all their weapons. And it's the three, I think it's like three or four main fighters. Magma, Kohaku, the Golden Lance Guardian dude, and Genro. Genro. They're the ones fighting with katanas. But then their leader is like, if you can't defeat swords with a spear, then get the fuck out of my way. He hops in. He has this long bamboo lance, right? And he's like rotating it in a weird way while he's jabbing. So it has this giant circular pattern to where you can't really see it. And he starts fucking up magma. And no, the reason he fucks up magma is because he tells they tell him. Uh, and the, the mentalist is giving out hints. And he's telling him, oh, you know, uh, whatever that dude's name, the, the whatever the enemy's name is, like, oh, basically, I'm going to use the word master. That's not what the fuck he said. This is just so you can kind of differentiate who's talking. The mentalist dude tells him, hey, master, 
if you defeat these three guys, then you know everyone else is gonna be, you know, destroyed. They're they're like a they're a piece of cake kind of thing. Now he says it intentionally. Senku catches on. They're like, oh, what? Or somebody says, oh, this guy's a fucking traitor. He's a double agent. This and that. He's like, no, he's actually helping us out. Think about what he's saying. He's letting us know. We the only way to defeat this guy is oh not again another high water area what the fuck but he basically tells him he basically tells him uh no he's letting us know this information so that we uh so that fuck I lost my train of thought with this I I I'm past another high water area guys my bad but he tells him no, he's not a traitor. He's letting us know this information so that we know the only way to beat him is by is by teaming up. Right? So as soon as they do that, they're like, we, we have to team up to beat this guy. Magma runs up and he's like, fuck, Magma's not listening. And then Kohaku's like, hey, who cares what he what he said, what Magma's doing? We have to support him. We have to team up. So they team up against Magma. I mean, not Magma, my bad. They team up against this dude. Magma is a big dude, so he takes his blunt of the, these strikes. And he's like, hey, uh, Kohaku gets the Guardian dude. He's like, hey, launch me up with your fucking lance, right? Throw me up in the air. And, uh, it, 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 I don't, I think she's like, slice me up. Or swipe something like that. He's like slice me up or some shit. So she jumps onto his katana. He launches her up in the air and she jumps over magma and she's gonna strike him. Now he stops striking magma in order to kind of attack her. And she's like, oh shit. He's like he's he he stops attacking magma to get me. He's like I'm about to die. Like she's falling into his attack and she's like I can't catch I can't see his the point of his spear. I can't stop him. I'm about to die. And at that very moment, the little spear, the arrowhead spear that's on the top, on the tip of his, his bamboo staff, like snaps off and it launches, and then he can't do shit, and he's like, "Fuck!" So I think they end up just retreating because of all that hap- that happened. Ends up retreating, and that's that. They go back to so right? I'm not going to give you all the details, the conversation that happens. Obviously, there's dialogue. But uh, that happens. They go back to Tsukasa, and they're like, hey, they're going to come attack us soon. Like, we have to do something about it. Tsukasa basically says, or the guy tells him, hey, they're on an island. We can't attack them because winter's coming. It's going to be very difficult to attack them. This, this, and that. So, Tsukasa decides they're going to attack them the beginning of the spring Senku's smart he knows this is going to happen so he's like I have a few months so we have to create a new form of technology that technology is going to be does he tell them right away or does he not yes he does telecommunication so cell phones he's like I'm going to create cell phones if we can have the com- like communication like immediate communication we can easily defeat them is what he basically tells them like that's a huge advantage so that's what he's going to work on. I have a few months to make this. 
And then obviously, next thing that happens, they start showing them collecting. I mean, they, they already have all the materials they need. They just have to create new things in order to make these cell phones. So they start creating golden wire by doing like a cotton candy machine. He makes cotton candy and he's going to use his cotton candy to test the machine to see the flaws in it. And then he tries that because he doesn't want to waste all the gold. So he doesn't want to waste all the gold. So he ends up using the cotton candy machine, finds the flaws, fixes it, starts coming up with gears and all this other stuff in order to create all the stuff that needs to be made in order to create the wires that he needs to, to run it up the mountain and all that stuff, right? So that's what Senku's working on now, creating cell phones, basically, like just talking communication. Now, with that being said, I they end up chrome. So with, with with the creation of gears, right? The invention of the gear, Chrome ends up using that as inspiration in order to create he him and the, the little the old man create a water wheel. And then Senku's like, it's amazing that y'all made a water wheel with having no knowledge of what a water wheel is. Like I'm extremely he was extremely impressed. Like Chrome created something an advanced like technology by doing this so when uh, fuck my bad I got a phone call I lost train of thought basically Senku is proud of Chrome for creating something he, cre- he was able to create uh, a water wheel and now they have a form of electricity. They don't need man-powered electricity anymore. He creates batteries using the sulfuric acid and iron and like copper and stuff, and he makes the sulfuric acid. And it's it's pretty. It's really interesting. It's, this is the point where it's gotten, and they're about to start creating their cell phones. And it hasn't really shown what Suk, uh, has got planned. So I'm definitely looking forward to to seeing. What's 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 coming up next? Um, I'm sorry that some of this, like a lot of, I'm having issues while I'm driving. I'm kind of lost right now. That's why I was able to make such a long episode. But I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, I it, it was I know it was a lot of information, and I had to get through it so I can catch up to where I'm at right now. Because trying to go back and give you accurate information over scenes that I don't really remember because it was so far back is a little difficult. But um, thanks for listening, you guys. I'm Sarah the Antagonist, and I'm out.